Uh, what's going on this beer today? Beer tomorrow. We are back at it once again, and we finally have returned back to Queens, arguably the greatest borough on earth. So happy to be here at Fifth Hammer. Perry, how are you doing? I mean, you know, I'm still going to rep Brooklyn, but I have been here twice because I stopped up for the McKellar opening the other day. Very so nice. definitely not sad about having some great beers in Queens. Well, yeah, and we're in Long Island City, and we have two very special guests with us here today. Gentlemen, please uh, introduce yourselves. This is Chris Kuzby and Dave Sharpstein. Guys, thanks so much for hosting Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. Thanks for uh, hopping on the show. Let, let's get right into it. So tell us a little bit about the name. I know I understand there's a link to the Greek philosopher Pythagoras, but tell us about the inspiration. Why, why Fifth Hammer? Oh, yeah, we didn't say that part. Yeah, this is Chris Kuzmi of Fifth Hammer Brewing Company. <laughs> and uh, that's Dave of Fifth Hammer Brewing Company. And uh, Fifth Hammer is... Uh, <laughs> uh, we... David, I. It is kind of a long story, but it's a fun one, I think. We got, uh, we got time. We got time. It starts with the beginning of David and my relationship, where we were really trying to figure out what name we wanted. And there were things that he liked that I didn't like, and things I liked that he didn't like, and we, you know, did a poll and all these things. Um, and then, uh, and there are things we both loved, and that you know, all these names are fucking taken already. So you know, yeah. I didn't find any, anything any success there. Uh, get to the part where I'm I'm in a car and I'm listening to a podcast. Uh, called uh, Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything, and he had a guest on that wrote a book called Fifth Hammer. And uh, it, it's premised, he was a philosopher, and it was premised on, uh, on the story of Pythagoras uh, that Pythagoras was credited for a great many things. He was, uh, he was a mathematician, a philosopher, an astronomer, um, and uh, he was also uh, credited for discovering the mathematical relationship between musical notes. And the story goes that he got interested in this because he was walking by a blacksmith or a forge and he heard this sound. He's like, what is that sound? It's amazing. It's beautiful. I got to know what that is. He walked inside the forge and these people were hammering on, uh, on, on, on an anvil. Um, there, were, there were hammers on the anvil. Four of the hammers that were hammering on the anvil were harmonious with one another. That's what Pythagoras fell in love with and wanted to take home and, and, uh, and, and be concerned with and discover the, this relationship between those hammers, why they sounded so good together. But the fifth hammer was discordant and doing its own thing. It was outside the realm of conventional harmony, and uh, it, but it still struck as a hammer. It still made its own melody, and the fifth hammer is always you know, a fourth hammer, and if you give it different four hammers... Anyway, fifth hammer represents individuality to us, and uh, that, that story struck with me being a musician. And I, so I immediately called Dave, like, Dave, what do you think about the name fifth hammer? He's like, I love it. It sounds so cool. It's great. What does it mean? And I, I went through this story, and he's like, well, you're From fucking telling that story. Filled with regret. <laughs> now you're like, I've heard this story a thousand times. <laughs> I only know, knew how long the underlying story was. No, but I mean, Probably in, would have objected. I'm, I'm going to go on, though. I am going to go to, go to go to the extreme part of this, where, where there is a chapter two to this, insofar as like Pythagoras uh, being a... Uh, he had a cult following for a thousand years, and he believed that you could explain the universe through mathematics, and that the the divine harmony was the was how God, however you define it, uh, put us all in with the put all the planets and the stars together in the mathematical relationship between everything was was the divine harmony. And in order to explain the universe through mathematics, it was finite, and so you know it, it was finite. Then a thousand years later, after the cult following things, Kant and Kepler came around, and they're like, no. The universe is not finite. There's a fifth hammer out there, and it represents everything else. So fifth hammer represents uh, individuality with regard to the hammers and infinite possibility with regard to the universe. And that's kind of why that guy, uh, Dan, I, forgive me, I forget his name, wrote this book on the philosophy and the theories of the universe and, and kind of going on these things. But mostly Dave likes the name. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> it, it does, honestly, I can honestly say that's probably the most interesting backstory of a brewery name that I've ever heard. 
that's the most in-depth fact. I mean, you guys really, really went deep into it. In-depth for sure. In-depth for sure. Interesting. You said we could talk as long as we want on this Absolutely. podcast, so, so, so I am. But uh, in generally, with, for the 30-second clips, Fifth Hammer represents individuality and infinite possibility based on the lore of Pythagoras. And that's, that's, a, that's the button stop. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, I'll ask this question to you both. How did you guys originally get into craft beer? And, and do you recall if there was a specific beer or beer style that really turned you on to craft? I was always casually into beer, and then I, I spent a semester in Belgium and became slightly more casually, more than casually, into beer. Um, just started to like really appreciate what, what good beer was and always you know, have been a very avid consumer of beer, not such a, not such a brewer. But, uh, and so when I left my prior life, uh, I was looking to open a craft beer bar serving only local craft beer. And, and through that process, I ended up meeting Chris. He was sort of at a transitional point too. And, and we, we decided to just go all in and, you know, and, and try to do something together. Kind of warped into the, a different answer there. But yeah, that, that was it for me. Uh, the 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 entry for craft beer for me kind of I think was uh, I moved I went to college in New Jersey. Um, one of the trumpet players I, I played with I, still to this day, Dan Sears. Uh, I told him I was having a birthday party and I was going to get myself a keg of whatever was around. He's like, you can't just get any keg. You got to get some something, something real, something good. And, and like, so we ended up getting a Stout's uh, Honey Porter. I don't think they make it anymore, but Carol Stout. They have a really great great brewery in Pennsylvania, Pottstown, um, and. Uh, Man, I was like, whoa, you know, I can, I'm never going to not do this. There's so much flavor in this, and I wasn't really paying yeah. attention to that at the time. Um, but then from then on, it was absolute love, and I'd, I'd go out and, uh, and uh, you know, seek, seek, seek the good beer. This is, mind you, not my 21st birthday. It was a little earlier than that. So yeah. where I could, yeah. be, be, I'd make the choices. I'd made the choices. Um, but I got my first homebrew kit in early 2001 and then fell down the rabbit hole with that, paying it a lot more attention to to uh, flavor and flavor development and kind of like uh, just deconstructing flavors of all kinds through through culinary aspects and and because it all falls into into play and into brewing and uh, you know executing recipes to me reminds me a lot of, of like executing melodies from from concept and, and so the parallel between music and beer and making beer was is heavy to me Right. The creativity, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's an extension. It's another. It's another vocation. It's another. It's another means of expression through a different uh, sensory stimulation re- receptor point, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was there like a specific? Was that the catalyst, or was it? Was there a specific catalyst that got you to think, okay, I want to make craft beer my life. I want to make that my my profession. No, that's a little different. That that part of the story, like I would definitely like, I want to make music my profession. Like, no, I mean, still to this day, I consider myself a musician before a brewer. But at this point, through this journey, I realize I can't be either or. I have to be both. Like, I definitely uh, through the there. I'm an accidental pro brewer. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, I think that's true. Because I got really into, you know, the deconstruction of it. I immediately, uh, in 2001 is when I started homebrewing. And then I went straight to the New York City Home Brewers Guild. And I was just and met some of my best friends and eventually my wife uh, and life. And and, uh, got heavy into it there, became a beer advocate uh, within the city. Uh, Didn't really think I wanted to, to brew professionally necessarily but i had fun doing it one of my friends it was the new york city home brewers guild uh started home brewing at the same time as me he wanted to make it his life um and 
ended up uh, bidding on a brew house on eBay and winning this oh. bid. And he was like, "Excuse me, I got this brew house. We, ha- I guess we have to do it now." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess we do. Well, let's do it." Because we were just talking in the Blind Tiger late nights to so kind of be like, "Yeah, it'd be fun, it'd be cool." Um, but uh, we ended up opening that brewery in, in Western Massachusetts called Wandering Star Brewing Company. Uh, and as a saxophonist first, I didn't want to move up there. That left me to being sales and marketing uh, for New York City uh, for the brewery. I'd go up there and brew with him a little bit here and there. But I realized really quickly on how much work it is to brew, dude. It's no fun brewing, doing the work. There's that meme out there that says everybody wants to be a brewer until they have to do brewer shit. And that is true for the most part. Because, <laughs> I mean, it is dirty. It is, it is, uh, uh, it's li- very labor-intensive and very low-paying, and, and margins aren't awesome until, the, until these laws have changed. And we talk about the taproom things for New York later. Um, anyway, there's a long way of getting to the part where I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to be a brewer, especially if... So we were brewing mostly my friend Chris's recipes for Wandering Star. So that's just... That's not... For me, I'm going to make all the parallels to music because it's the language I speak, right? Sure. So... I'm a jazz musician. I love improvising. I love getting things from my concept to 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 my or uh, to, to existence. And and uh, brewing someone else's recipe is like playing music from a page and and or not being the composer. And I don't. While I like sonic architecture and I love being in command of my instrument and being able to execute things, um, it's it's really freedom of expression that I'm in love with. And and. Uh, and that's why that's why I want to be a. By the way, is Sonic Architecture used as a beer name yet? Not yet. Not, I'm yeah, calling, it. That I'm calling it right here <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> if it's not in use yet, done and done. It's a BTBT it. exclusive. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's do it. That's a great let's name, actually. Yeah. Sonic Architecture. It's I like really that. hard to find two words that aren't already a beer <laughs> name. <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to go yeah. on untapped and figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologize for being so loquacious in this story. But, but I, no, no, you know, this is great. But this, yeah. is the, this is the part. So I realized I didn't want to do that. So I, I stayed and just like, I kept my day gig. I kept my, my focus on, on uh, well, my day gig kind of was uh, doing um, temp work at a finance company, supporting my music and beer habit. Uh, I went out on a couple tours with the beer or with the with the with the saxophone playing. Started New York City uh, Diga Station advisory team with my now wife doing hosting beer and food pairings. Um, I helped start New York or City uh, Craft Beer Week, um, and then through all this advocacy and get real productions, we did a bunch of beer festivals, cask festivals that were 120 casks right. deep, which really awesome. Didn't see that in the city, and you haven't seen one since actually in the city. Uh, we all moved on to other things, but. Uh, out of nowhere, I get this call from uh, from Kelly Taylor, uh, being asking uh, if I knew anybody that wanted to brew for Five Hundred Eight Gastro Brewery in the Lower East Side. He's like, uh, or do you want to? Do you know anybody who wants to work part time over at this over at this thing? And, I, and the time I was just in sales and marketing, but I want I like the brewing side. He's like, uh, so I was like, okay, well, yeah, part time help out over there. Sure, I can't wait to brew with the brewer there, or meet him, uh, and uh, I've already I already met him, but but. Uh, I wanted to support it. There was only a couple breweries, brew pubs in the city. Uh, and he was like, oh, no, actually, he's gone. This would be yours if you want it. And he's like, okay, well, let me check it out. We had just been hit by Sandy. All the fermenters were in the basement and, uh, you know, up, up six feet of, of water from the East River right. or, or from the Hudson. Uh, and I went in there anyway. I, they were really welcoming to me, and they gave me complete freedom to do what I, what I you know, wanted to do ultimately. And it was there that I discovered that actually, yes, this is a vocation. This is really what I want to do. This this method of, of being able to share it 
uh, with so many people and get, get feedback and reactions and pair it, especially in a brew pub setting with other foods um, and do collaborations with other brewers in the city and home brewers. Like, I just fell in love with it. And that was absolutely 2012 to 2015 was the transitional point for me in my life being like, I'm no longer just a saxophone player. So that's like, when you went from fun. accidentally to accidentally on purpose. Yeah, yeah. that's when I went from <laughs> accidentally to accidentally on purpose because I wasn't like I hadn't set my life to go towards it. Uh, it, it was like, it was a call because I was I'd been in the scene and been an advocate and and, and things like that. But once I was hired there, I was like, oh shit, shit just got real. <laughs> I better go to school and get some things together. So I, so it took myself to the the American Brewers Guild in Vermont, a, a correspondence course, and uh, and got the science. Of brewing, pretty pretty heavy, in, in there. Awesome. So so taking taking a step back uh, before that. So obviously you're extremely passionate about music. How did you originally get into music? I saw a commercial when I was four years old on TV for like the best of Cannonball Adderley, and and it just sounded so cool. It looked so cool. I ran to my mom who's in the kitchen. I remember this vividly. I remember running up to my mom who had back to me like she was either cooking or doing dishes, and she doesn't do either of those very well, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember she was doing it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was like, Mom, Mom, I want to play saxophone. She was like, not until you're eight or you're in fourth grade. Or not until you're ten or you're in fourth grade. And I ended up being skipping a couple grades, and I was in fourth grade when I was eight. And so, and so I ended up uh, starting saxophone then. And, man, I, you know, another thing where, you know, I didn't really expect to love it the way I did, but I certainly did. That, that has been, that has run the... That has driven my life choices for sure. Wow! And you know, I joke about it, but it's not that much of a joke. This whole brewing thing is just an elaborate ploy to get a gig well, and hey. a captive audience in our in our <laughs> tasting room. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So right? every Wednesday, <laughs> that's right. Every Wednesday, come here. Let's get the plug in. Come on, <laughs> on. <laughs> let's get it in. You will yep. see this very creative expression that he's referring to. Yep, very awesome. So now I'm curious, how, how did you guys initially meet? Uh, so I was looking to open a, a, a craft beer bar and, um, I had a real estate broker trying to, I guess I was trying to find spaces that might, this was my brilliant plan. I was trying to find a space that was already built out as a bar, but was serving mediocre beer. <laughs> and I was going to not do a lot of construction, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> that, understand that is funny. what we did. <laughs> and I was going to basically just change, you know, change the, the, the beer's on draft, and it was going to be, you know, relatively simple conversion. but Really was, easy, you know, right? Right. Mur- Murphy's <laughs> Law. It, you know, it's this uh, underserved market, which I actually think is true. I think that even though there are a lot more local craft beer bars, there still aren't enough for, for a city this size. But anyway, uh, that was my plan. And one of the places that my broker brought me to was 508 Gasterbury. I loved the beer. I loved it. Uh, but then, then the bartender said something to the effect of like so you know isn't it a shame this place was you know the lease was snatched up by someone else already and i was like looked at my broker because he was kind of behind the ball obviously like right he someone had already grabbed the lease and uh so anyway it was, i just thought okay well that sucks but the beer was really good and then i happened to be having lunch with a friend of mine the next day and telling him how much i like this place and the beer and he said, actually, I've met the brewer there. He's a really, really nice guy, and I have his card. Why don't I see if I can dig it up, and, you know, why don't you just reach out to him? He obviously knows something about beer, and you're trying to get into that scene. So why? So yeah. anyway, he did get the card, 
Uh, Ian Turetsky. Thanks, Ian, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, He's a neighborhood and bloke. And Ian here. actually lives in, in Long Island City. Yeah. Oh, look so at that. Some, He's a Queens yeah, guy. All right. Poetic some, in some way. Um, anyway, uh, so he gave me, and I reached out to Chris, and I, I sent him in like just a, a completely, um, you know, uh, just, just an email out of nowhere uh, saying, hey, you know, we don't know each other, but I loved your beer, and, I'm, you know, why don't we meet up and talk? Talk shop. Sure. And, uh, yeah. and we did at Jimmy's, and and I remember uh, Chris's uh, then girlfriend, now wife Mary, was there too, and and she went to the bathroom, and he goes, he says to me, "Yeah, she really likes you. She usually thinks people are trying to con me." <laughs> <laughs> So you got the right. early seal of approval. She was like, you're not going to this meeting alone. I'm going to, to vet. And like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So anyway, yeah. wow. That really could have went either way. It right? could, I mean, it could like, have. I got the Mary seal of approval. Yeah. yeah. It's it good enough for me. She still doesn't think I'm trying to con him. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, I, so I guess the rest the rest is history from there, right? It's history. After that first night, we you know we had a great time hanging out, and and the next day we were like, okay, actually this makes a lot of sense. And I you know I was at the end of five hundred eight gastropery. I had a couple different job offers on the table. You know through this whole journey, I certainly made a small name for myself here in, in New York City in the beer community in small circles and stuff. Um, and uh, you know the, meeting Dave was just awesome, and and it made it. This this is right. This is the best one because this is this one has the most opportunity for not being under. I mean, it's a partnership. It's me and Dave, and and, yeah. and it's not. I'm not under anybody's thumb. Not that I, would, I necessarily would be under any other situation, but uh, it definitely uh, there was m- the most potential for for freedom of of, of execution of, of concepts of all kinds. Both how we're both how we're doing the the tap room and what we what we represent as Fifth Hammer uh, in general. Uh, you know, it doesn't have any preconceived notions or didn't have any reputations uh, that were uh, developed outside of us, which is great. We have full accountability. We re- we stand behind this entire place and all things. Sure. Yeah. No. I, I, absolutely. So I um, you know, I remember being in here a while back, just during the build out, and now to see where it is now. We were talking right before we got on air. I mean, it's it's amazing to see all the progress that you've made. But I know it, it was it was quite the journey from the concept to opening day. Can, can sure. you talk a little bit a little bit about you know what you went through and kind of the the um, for lack of a better term the, the trials and tribulations of of kind of envisioning the dream and then actually living it out? Sure, I think that uh, you know definitely this is totally crazier than Dave was <laughs> expecting and didn't expect his journey to go. So he just stepped away, which is why he's so silent. Otherwise, he'd totally chime in here. <laughs> uh, we were actually just talking today about how, how uh, he's glad I got to con- actually con him into such a big project <laughs> versus, <laughs> versus what he originally uh, in- envisioned because this is, this is kind of what it is. So Dave and I met in January of 2015. It is now uh, almost April 1st of 2018. Um, we met in January, and then we were, we we developed our, our LLC together as a partnership, uh, basically, in, just in a couple of weeks. You know, um, he, he's good with legal jargon. As a re, as a recovering lawyer, he was able to get us a good thing. Goodbye, Joe Kirkhoff. See you later. Um, <laughs> uh, 
And then we set off into motion about then looking for a place uh, for a production facility with a tap room versus the bar that he was trying originally looking at. And uh, I was coming from a two-barrel system in 508 Gastrobury, and he was thinking kind of on that kind of scale. He was thinking small and stuff, but I've been there, done that, you know, and I know what how right. much work it is. It goes into making a single batch of beer. Uh, it's the same amount as making uh, a, a, a single small batch as a, as a single large batch, and it's an economy of scale kind of thing. You want to reap the best uh, benefits and have something fiscally sustainable uh, in this in this really tough environment and market with the margins. So I was always convinced that we had to start with at least a 15-barrel system, which is what we ended up doing, right. um, and at least four fermenters, which is what we have. Two of them are double-sized. We have two 30-barrel fermenters. And, and in order to do that, you need X amount of space. Um, so the whole real estate thing was the hardest part of our journey, I think. It took us a year and a half to find a place that would lend itself to that. I was amenable to, you know, considering other, uh, you know, platforms or kind of ways we were going to deliver, deliver this. Can it all depended on how high the ceilings were, kind of what location we were, whether we'd be lend ourselves more to, to a production of being a regional uh, production brewery versus uh, a place that was all encompassing with a tap room or not. Um, space was going to determine that. And so we didn't really have a business plan that we have seen executed like it, 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 because this whole thing and I'm fine with this because I like improvising. I'm like, okay, we got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Fly by the seat of our pants. It'll yeah. be what it's going to be. It's going to be great because the people involved are great and genuine and, and, and are smart. Or like we have to said, you do things wisely when we get there. So we did minimal. We had limited official expectations and are letting the, the circumstances let the project breathe uh, as, as it will. Sure. Uh, which I think is part of its success. Um, but anyway, we finally found the place a year and a half into it. Um, the challenge of, of New York City finding places are, are in large part zoning um, because you can't just up and start a brewery in anywhere. It has to be zoned right, manufacturing one, two, or three in MX8. Um, we ended up finding this place. It's M M3 zoning, so we were as of right to, to do this brewery. Um, but we're also close to, we're in one of the largest, uh, fastest growing neighborhoods in America, Long Island City. So we have a lot of people here that can oh, frequent yeah. our tap room. So we made sure to have a tap room of 5,000 square feet. We have 2,000 square foot of being a tap room. So in building it out, we had to make sure it was safe and, and all sorts of things. Uh, dealing with the Department of Buildings was, was also one of the biggest challenges of, of opening this Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, every every project is unique um so as much as we learn from from other brewers in the city every neighborhood's different and every every building has its own challenges so we were prepared for certain things and we were not prepared for other things and and our architects had never done a brewery before told us we didn't really have to get inspected for the boiler and i was like really you sure i've never heard a brewery not have to do that and, and i checked on several several times we got to the very fucking end and they're like and then we get denied because you know, they didn't schedule a boiler inspection i'm like okay see i told you but i didn't want to be right then that cost us a good solid two months and therefore like almost 50 grand like yeah, it's wow. insane yeah, that's crazy. You know, just because of that stupid loss. I mean, in the end, you know, we're catching up because because uh, the tap room has been really successful, and we're really proud of that. The place, the environment, is really really welcoming for the neighborhood. There's not a place like this in the neighborhood, which is right. which is cool. And some people who come in here don't even know we're a brewery, but really love the, love what's going on and kid friendly, chalk chalk wall, right? Full, full piano, 
Saxophonist on Wednesday nights, seven o'clock to ten o'clock. I hear he's really good. Hey, he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> you, and you guys are pet friendly too. We, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're so we we do not serve food, and that keeps us out of the Department of Health. Um, right. Uh, the, the restrictions with that. This is a tasting room and at a production facility. We do let people. We have one of those old school uh, three ring binders with with uh, delivery menus from around from the whole neighborhood. So sure. people, you have food. We just send them the delivery menus, and they're like, you know, it's perfect. Have them come. It works Great. out. Yeah. Or, or Wi Fi and seamless, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. After going through all that, you know, all that time, you know, all the hurdles, what, is it, what does it mean to finally have this location up and running? And, and not only to be up and running, but also to have it being so well received. Yeah, I, I cry a lot these days. Out of I'm not even joking. Like my, my Mary is like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like little things happen. Just like the beauty of I am so appreciative of of that reception and i feel incredibly lucky to a just just to get this even close off the ground to, and and but then to get it off the ground and have it supported and to, to be able to to express myself through the beers i like being able to create these beers i like be, be just it, it's it's insane i i what's it like uh it's a lot of fucking work that's yeah. that's true too i'm sure uh, but it's work i love and i feel so fortunate to be able to do it and and um, yeah, I'm learning something new every day. There's a learning curve on every system, um, but yeah, no. I go in that tap room and I see all the people together, and I see I see the families that are here, and I see I see uh, you know baby's first brewery type stuff. I see you know we had our dog Halloween costume contest that was just with right. like neighborhood kids judging it, and it was like this is just like it's it's amazing, man. And uh, I don't know, man. Just to, uh, to see people smiling, enjoying their time. That's all we want. I I'm very 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 serious about about the beer, what goes into a beer, about uh, doing it well, off flavors, you know. And I'm very very concerned with the flavors going on with that. I I do want to make beers that are worthy of conversation, but I want an environment where beer doesn't always have to be the conversation. Beer, the great beer is is you know a soundtrack to our our good time, and I, I hope that we're doing that here at Fifth Hammer, where where you know you come in here and it, it's. People who want to appreciate the beer can really appreciate the beer and be here for that. But people who want to come here and have a good time, they can come here and do that. Like it's and it doesn't, you know, it all it all goes into play. There was a really great quote that that I say all the time. But but I mean, our job here is to make sure people don't wake up from their dream. When people come here, they're they're coming going to escape something else, and, and they're right. they're here. Our job is to not jolt them. Uh, out of their dream like we want them to have a good time and if, if i make a bad beer that's that jolts someone out of that that wakes them up if a if a dog bites somebody that's <laughs> gonna wake them up if uh, you know if somebody's playing the wrong music it's gonna wake them up if there's anything to that's just jarring and unpleasant so i don't know we just try and focus on the pleasantries right <laughs> no i love that quote that, that's that's amazing and and i see that when i walked in I, you know i saw i saw dad holding in one hand, he, I couldn't have been more than, than a six-month-old baby. The other hand, a fifth hammer teku. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. I mean, and, yeah. and we talk about this all the time on the show, but, but craft beer is culture. Right. And uh, it's, the, it's culture, absolutely. it's community, and it brings people together. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think this space here is, is awesome. I think this is, as far as layouts of the, the, the breweries that I've been to within, within the boroughs, I think this is, this is one of the most intriguing layouts because you do have a lot of space, all things considered, because space is obviously at a premium yeah and you guys yeah. have have great space beautiful layout great beers um i really dig the the fifth hammer vibe 
so a little bit more about, about Fifth Hammer. So now, so how many taps do you guys have? So we just expanded to 16 taps. So when we started, you know, when we put our plan together for what we were going to do, we were going to start with 20 taps. But we very quickly, for a lot of, a lot of different things, the project cost more than we needed. We are like, okay, we've got to scale everything down. We've got to, how many do we need to start with? And right. we ended up going with an eight-tap uh, eight tower uh, in the very beginning. And then just a month and a half ago, we, we uh, doubled that up to be 16 taps in total. One of them is, always, is a dedicated cider line for the most part. Um, as summer nears, we may or may not uh, start doing, or at least have the option of doing uh, some kegged white wine, local white wine, farm license, New York oh, wow. State farm license white wine. Because that's one thing we haven't mentioned, actually. I have a New York State farm license, um, brewery license, as well as a New York State or a production brewing license, which allows us to sell New York State farm license cider, mead, wine, and liquor. Um, and right. so this, this room functions as a can function as a, a, a bar but celebrating New York State stuff. So there's something for everybody, and we, which nice. we like. Yep. Um, but right now, I've got 14 lines that, or it's 15 lines that could be my own because I don't make cider yet. Um, but I, but another, I think I only have 12. Uh, well, sort of. Not really. I mean, I've been saying well, it from you, the beginning. Right. I, with the New York State farm license, I'm allowed to make cider using New York State apples. Um, I think that my ability to get them all the time is not um, not always going to be there, um, but also like my focus is not entirely there. Like our, our neighbor Jahil Maplestone of of a descendant, descendant right? makes really great cider, and yes, it does. you know it certainly fits the need for here. And uh, I'm satisfied drinking it and not making it. Uh, I mean, I like making cider; it's, it's fun. Uh, and, but I can do that at home on a five-gallon system and do that for me. Right. Like the time here, I think, needs to be very focused on, on beer, at least my time here. Until I have more support in the brew house, uh, my time needs to be focused on straight-up beers and, and diversity with that. So 15 taps we can be serving here. Uh, I do have a kegerator or two that may uh, come out once in a while. We might do some Cousette, uh stuff that we've done or like some stuff from my wife's speed brewing book, uh, like the Jasmine Green Tea uh, spritzer for summer, like basically it's champagne, yeast, water, uh, cane sugar, and jasmine green tea. I'd strongly advise anybody to try home brewing that. It's awesome. Oh, so, wow. so crushable. Now, is um, that from Cousette li- li- Libations? Well, we wanted to do that for Cousette Libations, uh, but we never, we don't have a facility for Cousette Libations. We'll do some things under here. Mm-hmm. Up there are the fermenters that I used to use at 508 Brewery. That's what I brewed into there, the, those two barrel. Uh, plastic conicals, <clears throat> and so we are going to do a subset series here at some point. But um, uh, right now, the focus is off the camera all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our next focus, though, too, is also we want more more wood, and we want to do some sour and some aging stuff here. And we started very very basic from our value engineering and having to strip strip down like a lot of the stuff that. Because of budget purposes, uh, sure, sure. But now that we're up and running, we can start doing things like, or get those things. Those but first, like when you're waiting. looking over there, we just redid this whole floor. So like, that's there, right. there are basic needs that we still are getting. Well, yeah. that, that <laughs> you, you, gotta, you gotta do the basics first. Yeah. Get them yeah, out yeah. of the way. Right, Literally right, right. have somewhere to stand before you can. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Crawl before you walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And and now that there's, from what I understand, there's a story behind your tap handles too, right? Uh, yes. Um, so when. When Dave and I finally decided on a name, uh, so oh, we were looking for we were looking for a place for like a year and a half. But about six months into that, or maybe four months into that, I got a call from Kelly Taylor of Greenpoint Beer Works slash Kelso Brewing Company. And he's like, "Hey, you, you know anybody? 
He used to joke that I was his uh, HR guy. He would always get uh, different homebrewers to, to be hired at, at Greenpoint Beer Works from me. Um, and he was like, hey, do you know anybody that wants to come work there? I was like, well, actually, I could really use some scratch right now because we're not really find, finding a place very fast. But know that I would only be able to be there you know, in part-time. i got to go look at these places and all that stuff. Anyway, started working there. Uh, and then we really didn't find a place. So instead of just being one day a week, it turned into like a couple days a week. And then it turned into like, you know, I was there full time <laughs> while, while Dave and I were looking at these other places. And then I went from, you know, uh, from keg cleaning and being barrel guy all the way up to being like one of the last brewers at Greenpoint Beer Works, which was a great intermediary step for me going from that two, two barrels to brewing on that 30 barrel system yeah. with three turns a day and, and into 20,000 barrels a year um, at, the, at the end of that. And uh Anyway, I started, once we've discovered our name in the middle of that stint while I was working there full-time-ish with the option to leave whenever we had to go look at a space, um, uh, I started dedicating a portion of my paycheck to uh, buying lots of hammers on eBay. (laughs) 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 And so I would like, basically weekly, like I'd put bids in on on eBay and I've been infatuated with hammers now. Like they're so hip and the the history of vintage hammers and how like their own life and what they've... What 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 they've built, what they've done. Why are these people selling them on eBay? And I have this like I, now I have this hammer collection that's three hundred deep right now. Wow, uh, it's insane. At, it was kind of funny at first. Like these packages started arriving at the house, and I live in a fourth floor walk up in in uh, in, in Brooklyn. And my wife Mary would like bring bring the packages up, and then like after all, she's like, "These are so fucking heavy! Like, what what is in these?" She finally realized they were hammers. She's like, "Fuck this! You're you're bringing your own packages upstairs." <laughs> but, so I had to bring my own heavy packages because sometimes they come like twelve deep. Anyway, yeah. So going back to the tap handles, so we are reappropriating a, a lot of hammers from my from my collection to be our tap handles, and I have to, I have to be very selective because sometimes they're a little too top heavy. We when we first opened, we had they were all uh, they were all uh, hammers of mine, but we were busier than we expected to be, and they got they really jerked the the taps around. So I have a friend now taking them and making them a little bit more sturdy and epoxying the the the, uh, the connections in a better way, a place that, that they'll be more sustainable. So only a couple of them are are officially hammers right now, but that should be remedied in approximately week and a half, two weeks. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do you have any sledgehammers? I do have some sledgehammers. I, I feel I feel like that would be a nice theme for like a barley wine. A barley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. Your hours of operation. Uh, what, what days? You guys are open every day of the week, right? We're open every day of the week. You know, we want to be like you said. We want uh, beer is this this community thing, and we want to be a, a, a place, a meeting place for the neighborhood and a sense of community here. And so we're open a lot on the weekends, like noon to one a.m. on Saturday, noon to noon to ten p.m. on Sundays. On Monday, Tuesday, we are open three p.m. To, or sorry, four p.m. to ten p.m. On Wednesday, we're open. 4 p.m. to 11 p.m., which usually gets stretched a little bit. And then Thursdays, we're 4 to midnight. And Friday, we're, uh, we're 3. We open a little earlier on Friday, 3 o'clock, and we're open till 1 on, on Friday. Okay, right on. And, and I know, obviously, you know, owning, operating, brewery, huge job, huge, you know, time suck. And I know that, you know, you, you in, the, in the past several years, you've been very active yeah. in the craft beer scene. I mean, you were involved. New York City Homebrewers Guild, the Malted Barley Appreciation Society, yep. your own podcast, Ferment About It. Yeah. So, so, and we can get into that a little bit too. But so, h- how much time do you have for the other things now these days? 
what are the other things? We are so I'm hosting the near or the uh, the Northeast Regionals for the National Homebrew Competition. You know, yes, uh, we're excited about it. that's what those boxes over there are. We got about 800 entries, and, uh, oh, so wow. but that's going to be here on premise. And like um, the other things to me are is is the music and spending time with Mary. But Mary uh, and I are beerheads and 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 foodies. So. You know, when it's funny, when we have a night off, what do we do? We go on a Long Island City beer crawl. Like, <laughs> or, or like we go to another brewery that, uh, to a tap room that we haven't been able to go to because we've been stuck here. Or we'll go, we'll do like, I mean, this is Queens. You have the whole world in Queens. It's yeah. awesome. It's amazing. So we do, we, we're doing a lot of like, uh, kind of culinary expeditions here in Queens. I had to just cancel one. Uh, we were supposed to go on a tour with Joe DiStefano to Chinatown Flushing on Saturday. Like, uh, but we, we need. I need to fill in here. Joe Shanghai makes great dumplings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great dumplings. Yeah, so they got the Momo dum- Momo dumpling uh, festival, Momo crawl every yes. year too. And so I try and get my beer in there too. So like this year, our beer was on the trolleys for the Momo crawl. Um, so I like nice. to intertwine it all. And so like, um, it's my goal to to uh, start getting our beer once we have more of it to put out there. I'd like to definitely be hitting up like the the the, the, the sm- smoke smalls. Uh, Village Vanguard, Fat Cat, uh, you know, Blue Note, and where where all, all my favorite music places, so that I can do the, like these tap events yes. there and kind of like tie it all in. Two, if you get a two drink minimum, might as well be a good drink. Yeah, right? damn straight, <laughs> damn straight, damn straight. And then there's other places that uh, scenes that just want to be created. And uh, so the other things I do, like, I, I play. I don't just play saxophone. I play bass. I play bass in Freestyle Mondays, and we've been playing that gig for 16 years. And that's basically another improvisatory kind of celebration where uh, we we improvise uh, uh, grooves in the back, and MCs kind of flow in and out on it. And uh, and it's been amazing to see like MCs grow and and the creativity and like their their lyricism kind of connect together and uh, to be cohesive thoughts and execution has been amazing to, to do. We also do a game show format for part of the part of it every time we do it. So we do uh, a game show or a hip hop battle in a game show format. Oh, so nice. like we'll have a, we'll have like a wheel that we spin in the beginning that gives a topic, uh, and then we have uh, various games like a blindfold test, C block, or today was a good day where they have to you know, talk about what the other MC might have been doing that whole day, or right. then they gotta <laughs> shower them with kindness or kind bars. <laughs> we so they gotta, instead of battling them, like just be as nice as possible to the other person. <laughs> and then once they've proven their wit and we're down, finally down to two MCs, then it's uh, all out, just like you know, no, 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 no rules. Wow. But anyway, smart. but these are this is the fun that I that I have, you know, or I, I like to do. Hey, cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about Ferment about it. You guys, you know, you guys still doing that? Obviously, what's what, what's that like? I mean, what, what's what's your process like when you're getting into your show? Yeah, so Ferment About It is a podcast covering all things fermented from the eyes of brewers. Uh, we're on heritageradionetwork.org. Um, we are on episode 427 right now. Wow. Uh, so we've been doing it for five years, since 2012. Actually, the same time I got hired for 508 Brew is when we started with Heritage Radio Network. And uh, there are other, there's another beer show on Heritage Radio Network called Beer Sessions. Yep. And, uh, but that's, that's straight beer. Like we, cover, we cover wine, kombucha, kimchi, uh, sauerkraut, uh, pickled vegetables, pickled hot, or like uh, fermented hot sauce, dosas, uh, water kefir, milk kefir, uh, if you can ferment it, we want to talk about it. And uh, but the information is out there, so it's not exactly an, an, an instructional uh, podcast. It is, uh, you know, the stories behind the people that that uh, that got into it, and there might be some recipes and some how tos and some tips. But uh, 
and we do get very geeky. Uh, I don't mean geeky. I mean we get very into. <laughs> I do. We can get we can get pretty science science. We can sure. get deep get deep into some science talk I mean, about the how to. Is a thing that way. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and we and we were unabashedly do that, uh, but it's not always that. And you know, uh, we try and be as serious as we can. But our approach to it is to celebrate the people doing it uh, and give references to where you can you can uh, do it on uh, to, to find out more information online in order to execute it at home. Fermentation has been like a part of cultures all around the world for I mean for out of necessity and and just and then just culturally and like really represent everybody's uh, individual. Culture. It's, it's amazing the diversity of right. flavors and, and, and celebration that is in most houses in the world, except for the United States, you know, a, a common play. And yeah. uh, I think I think it's crazy how how intimidated people get by just ferment, the idea of fermenting at home here, and that they, and that they. I mean, it's fermentation is you do it so that food becomes safe. Like some people right. get really scared of it. I mean, it's yeah. controlled. Uh, it's not con- controlled <laughs> controlled corrosion, but it's kind of like. <laughs> but I mean, it, I mean, isn't Fahrenheit even just partly because of how you Is it store what? like Fahrenheit using Fahrenheit instead of Celsius? Yeah. Like, didn't we partly do that because that was an easier way to track where you would you know break your food essentially storing it? Uh, I don't have that answer. You want to be on Ferment about it next week? <laughs> <laughs> just rep beer today. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't actually know. That's that's, that's yeah. it. I don't know. But uh, see, all this time I'm trying to get back into Celsius, and now I should just stick with Fahrenheit. Stick with Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, stick with Fahrenheit. It's ferment forward now. Yeah. Ferment forward. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people is just it's kind of fear of the unknown, right? I think people are hesitant. Well, that's true. To yeah. try new things, and then once you try that thing, I mean, there, there's obstacles, obviously, but. It's it's not so hard. I mean, it's, it's just not at all. Step. And, and it takes so such little time. Like there are more home brewers in the United States than there are uh, picklers and and or like you know to make short meat or, or other things. And it's so fast for that. Like you know, it takes eight hours to make a beer at, at your house, you know, for a day. But you can make pickles in like ten minutes. You know, <laughs> that's true. And just that's let true. it sit around. You know, just yeah, add yeah. salt and water and vegetables. You let it go. Let it go. Do its thing. Well, um, I'm not gonna lie. If I'm getting kimchi, I want. I want some like OG, you know, some Korean grandmother that knows there you go. But how to bury that, it and do it right. <laughs> well, even that, though, even that doesn't take that much time. No, that's true. You know? That's true. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's great. I, I say all this, but I've been too busy here making beer to be fermenting too much at home. Like, Mary and my home fermentation game has gone way down because of this project, and um, I think that uh, you know one of our dreams is to is to be able to have a fermentation house or maybe a satellite branch where we're able to celebrate fermented foods of all kinds and, and, and things like that. And wow. we do throw the fermentation festival every year. Uh, second year in running this time, it's usually in collaboration with uh, the New York City Brewers Guild for New York City Beer Week, where we can celebrate that, okay, beer, uh, to some of the, be- the beer audience that are coming for New York City Beer Week, we can also celebrate and be like, hey, that's not the only thing that's fermented that kind of represents cultures around the way. So this is this was its second year. We did really well. Uh, we had all sorts of different fermentations, and it was really fun to celebrate all of those in under under one roof. And it was this only the second ever fermentation festival in New York City. And so wow. I'm really proud, really proud of that. And I think that we're going to do some pretty fun things going forward. It's just growing. So. What I mean with the farmhouse, you you're allowed to open a few other satellite spaces, right? Correct. So Another you have, one of you the have advantages a chance of, that. of exploring like the more wild side, essentially, if you yes. you know want to dig into that. Yeah, 
Yep, yep. Nice. Absolutely. And, nice. and I do. I mean, you know, one step at a time, of course, because we're not getting ahead of ourselves. But, uh, uh, you know, I want to where we're sitting right now, we want to put more fermenters. And with that, th- that needs to be sold. And if we had some satellite locations where we could do that and some creative ways to do that, that would be that'd be great. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not uh, I, I'm not not interested in opening a jazz club satellite location. There you, <laughs> there you go. go. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Why if I not? thought it could be sustainable. So uh, support yeah. live music, everybody. There you we'll go. Take. LIC is a great neighborhood for it. Yeah. So, so question. Um, interestingly enough, last time you were on the show was last year's Queens Beer Week. Do you yes. have any plans for uh, this upcoming Queens Beer Week? Uh, well, so one thing that happens during Queens Beer Week is uh, there's uh, unfavorable, untapped review reading uh, that we have at, at Crescent and Vine. Uh, and last year, this brewery wasn't open, so there were no unfavorable tapped, untapped reviews uh, right. for me to read from. So now <laughs> like I have some good stuff. Tweets kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we just got a really good one yesterday that that was like failed. It said failed Budweiser. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, yes! <laughs> Thank God! <laughs> hey, this guy was looking for something we don't serve. Oh, wow! <laughs> but yeah, pretty funny. That was uh, that was for the Amarillo Pillow, which is our, our our kind of like hoppy pilsner. That was that's what he said. He was said a failed, failed Budweiser. Really? Buzz buzz right? He wanted a Budweiser. I had one of those. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed right it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Wow. Well, you know, I, think, I don't want it to taste like Budweiser. I think you need more haters. I think the yeah. more haters you have, the better it is. That means you're doing some good. People are taking. You know, you need people who supporters, and you need a small amount of haters. Just, just for that feel, you know, you're doing something right. If some people are hating on you, I don't disagree with that at all. Because what that means is basically you're not you're creating something with flavor that is in, inherently polarizing. If, yes. it, if, yeah. if you made something that tasted like nothing, nobody would have anything good or bad to say about yeah. it. Right. If, if and everybody at Budweiser make it on the flavor, not on right. the, the business side or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, you have, taste nothing like a Budweiser. I think that's a compliment. Right. right? Exactly. exactly. Right. That's that, what I'm saying. Is that is that a, a mean untapped review? Right. <laughs> just reply. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, the funny. Thing is, he uh, he or she uh, ended up misspelling Budweiser. Like they, they, <laughs> they didn't have the D in there. It said un- failed Budweiser, and I and I couldn't comment on it because I didn't think because uh, he's not my friend on it. And I think you can only comment or ch- toast yeah, when you're yeah. friends. But I was gonna yeah. be like failed spelling, like or like <laughs> failed English. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but who's on untapped comparing things to Budweiser? Like, I, right, right, right. That, well, that was that's crazy. Yeah, itself, but we, to be to be fair, he didn't exactly. He didn't exactly rate it too low. Like, uh, wow, okay. too low. This person seemed a little <laughs> confused. <laughs> but uh, enough about them. So, so oh, yeah. But sorry, the okay, rest okay. of the rest of Queens Beer Week, we haven't planned what we're doing yet. We know that we'll be there for the opening festival. Yep. Um, I have. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of stuff here in our tap room because I mean our yep. def- our focus is celebrating stuff in our tap room. So if we can creatively kind of do some of that, we're going to. There is talks, and this is off the record, even though it's on record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we won't tell. No, no, don't tell anybody. Nobody. No, don't, don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Uh, we had a really successful uh, kind of fundraising thing for the New York City Brewers Guild back in the fall. We called it the NYC Brewed Fall Crawl, fall crawl right. where uh, the the breweries here in LIC all hosted other breweries in their tap room for one night only. So you could you could buy like a passport, or like you could go yeah. to each, like do a walk and, and celebrate the whole city. And so we might work with the Brewers Guild again to to do that. There's talk of it. If we can execute it, we will. Um, and that that'd be really fun. Nice, very nice. Even if just a couple of us do it, it it'll it's still. And I think we're gonna do it, but I'm just not sure. Uh, I mean, me final plans or days. Personally, as a Queens native, I love, love, love Queens Beer Week. 
Uh, I mean, really, for me, every week is Queen's Beer Week, but I just love putting a label and saying this is Queen's Beer Week, which is really awesome. Looking forward, uh, looking, looking forward towards that. So now, um, as far as upcoming events, uh, whether it's beers, beer leases, uh, what do you guys you know, got going on in the immediate future for Fifth Hammer? For Fifth Hammer, in the immediate future, next week on Wednesday, uh, we, are do- we are celebrating cheese here in the, in the brewery. Let's get cheesy is the event we call it. And nice. uh, we get together with Marcelli Formaggi. And we're we're going to do so, uh, probably some other cheese vendors in the future as well. But it's probably going to be the last mo- Wednesday of every month where we're doing basically paired cheese pa- pa- plates with our, with our beers. Uh, Andy comes in and, and, and serves. Um, we also have um, Hammer Hall. Uh, so we've done two of them so far. I think later this month we're doing uh, the third Hammer Hall. Um, I think we're going to talk some about off flavors. The first one was on pale ales. The second one was on yeast. But what that is, that's our, that's our humble institution of, of beer knowledge. And so Mary and I host it and teach it. Uh, and uh, here in the brewery, it's $15. It comes with the pour and the samples that we, that we do. Um, we're going to keep that, that series going. Um, we'll have different pop-ups coming in on the weekends. Um, as far as events in town, there's the Five Borough Craft Beer Fest. I'm sending a keg or a cask next week to Nirax up in Boston. Nice. Um, I am, we have M. Wells around the block do, celebrating um, uh, Canadian maple syrup. And so I've tinctured some of my beers with maple syrup. And they're doing a brunch thing next, this Sunday and, and the next Sunday um, with, with these, these maple beers. Um, you know, if it, if it can if it can be created, we want to we want to do it. And if, if there's time and, and, and bandwidth to do it, we're, we we want to do it. Just, you know, if it celebrates all things good, people, fun, deliciousness, and life, we want to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I have a, I have a couple more questions before we kind of kind of close out. But but Perry, do you have any any questions or comments for Chris? Uh, no, I think at this point, like a lot of the interesting things I was curious about that I heard about before. We've, You've covered a lot of ground, so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that thus far. <laughs> Sorry for being long-winded here. No, 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 no fun because, I mean, you know, how often do you get to hear the backstory and, like, what's actually going on and, you know, yeah. the community and industry, yeah. you know, what, we're, we're all beer lovers for a reason. It's not mm-hmm. just the beer, it's also the community, so. It's the people, so we have it, I didn't say this, but, uh, you know, up on our thing, our, our philosophy is beer is people, you know, it's yes. right up on our board. Yes, yeah. and that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, that, that's really what it's all about. It's that connection, that community, which is awesome. So I, I have two more questions. Um, one's a really basic one. Let's get out of the way. People want to find out more about you. Where do they go? A website, Instagram. What's the best place to find more about Fifth Hammer? Well, we're trying to get better at these things, <laughs> uh, but you can go to fifthhammerbrewing.com. Um, but I think that most of our activity for in real time play is uh, through our Facebook page, Fifth Hammer, um, uh, but also Fifth Hammer Beer. At Fifth Hammer Beer is our Instagram, and uh, and we definitely do a lot of uh, uh, promoting through that. Like, well, sure. Most of our kind of promotions stuff is there. There's not a calendar on it. Like, we're getting better at putting a calendar on our website. So, mm-hmm. fifthhammerbrewing.com is, I guess, the ultimate source, but. I think between those three avenues, that's where. Okay. Very cool. And now, and as Perry alluded to, we did cover a lot of ground. What didn't we touch on that you feel the audience should know about? You should know about Fifth Hammer. What What should they know about the vibe here? What else can you tell them that we haven't covered yet? We're people, and we like people, and we want to uh, 
we want to hear from you. If I want we, the good and the bad. If there if there's beer that it, that uh, that you've had, whether it's in the field or or here, I definitely definitely want to know how my product is holding up. I'm very concerned with the quality of my product. I mean, that's you know that's that's my job here is to to deal with that. And if you're dealing with a bad experience or in the in the tap room, then talk to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> no, that's the book. <laughs> 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 no, those are concerns. No, 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 no. We're all we're all. You know, this is pretty utilitarian. We're a family here, and we want we want you know we want to do all that. Uh, I, that I mean, I think we I think I've stressed that enough. That that, that that's you know that that's what I want us to be known for. I don't want anybody coming in here with their pinkies up and and over overthinking things unless you really want to, unless you really want to. I mean, I, I do want that, and I can get deep in a conversation with you. I'm happy to have a beer conversation anytime, all the time about what the hell's going on in my beer. And if you're a home brewer and want any tips, I am not holding back anything about how I do things over here, and I want to help because you know the the more all of us make great beer or delicious things and execute things well through through good through great process the better life tastes for everybody so let's let's all just like dedicate never good enough is never good enough it has to be excellent and so it's like it's a way of life 100 i agree definitely and, words and, to live by yes and i did lie i have one more question what you just said kind of kind of spurred that in my mind prior to 2012 queens was kind of pretty barren i mean the queen the the, the craft you're seeing in new york really wasn't much before that i mean there were there were breweries but obviously prohibition killed it blah, blah 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 but now here we are and and there's breweries opening up at rapid paces not just in queens all over but it just so happens recently especially in queens what's your current day assessment of the new york craft beer scene it has never been better. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I think the quality has a uh, rising tide floats all boats. We all share information and we all have individual um, experiences in our tap room and we all have different uh, ex- background experiences, but we're at, in both in like uh, the amount of experience we have brewing and behind the, behind the wheel. Um, and those that are a bit more experienced, we tend to be helping our, 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 our constituents, you know, uh, up their game or talk about different practices. Like where the conversation is open and none of us are holding anything back. And that, and uh, so that camaraderie is amazing, and it's keeping it's keeping the level up. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I I'm really really inspired by all of the other brewers here in New York City. Um, I think some of the best beers in the world are being made here. But we have a diversity of styles. There is no we New Yorkers are inherently. I mean, New York is inherently diverse. Like we have, yes. we have the whole world in the city, and we have backgrounds from 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 all over the place. And all, consequently, all these different influences and these different kind of uh, perspectives on on flavor, construction, um, and and what people want, especially when it's coming from ourselves. So yeah, everything that's coming out is totally d- different. Even like a, a just to make an IPA, you have an IPA from any one of these different people. It's going to be relatively different right. I mean, we're all making our own versions of our new england style because sure. you know take some new england pride here but yeah <laughs> it's like we have to yeah, yeah. no absolutely and uh, and honestly like you know for me personally oh I've, I've loved beer for a very long time but the whole craft beer resurgence locally in part is what spurred the birth of beer today beer tomorrow so shout out thank you for what you do and what all the other brewers do because again you know, I think it's contributing to the culture. It's contributing to kind of the community, and and it's a great thing just tasting these delicious beers. And, yeah, uh, that that to me is a beautiful thing. Just bringing people together. Yeah, delighting and tasting the beers. And yes, and, uh, 
Inebriation is not a destination point. It's a perk for those with good taste. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. And I, and I love what you said earlier, keeping the dream going for people. Yeah. You know, you don't want to wake them from the dream. I think that's a perfect way to end the show. We hope the dream is continuing all for our listeners. Chris, thank you so much thank for you, uh, letting us do the show here. Thanks again for hopping back on the BTBT show. And, um, yeah, until next time, drink local, drink fresh. Repeat. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys.